even know where to begin this morning. I, I'm going to, I didn't read this already. I'm going to read it now because this all plays together. And by the way, this was not the plan for this morning. So y'all stay with me while I gather my thoughts and make sure that I'm going the direction God wants me to go. But um, dear Wales Baptist Church, thank you so much for the generous gift of $205 to our Falcon Pantry. Your thoughtful gift will help us provide food, clothing, and school supplies for students in need. I am happy to be part of a caring, loving church family. Thank you again for your generosity. This is written on Lincoln County High School letterhead, and it comes from Miss Renee Thomas. So I want you to I want you to wrap your mind around all that we're talking about this morning. Kevin has said uh, we, he made the decision. I don't know. It's been a few months ago that we would not question the size of our God by us feeling guilty for asking you to support things. In other words, we decided that we serve an inexhaustible God. His resources are above anything we can fathom. So it, from that point forward, we're not going to feel guilty that we're having an Awanas fundraiser and a Guatemala fundraiser and a FCH fundraiser and all this is taking place at the same time. We're not going to feel guilty about that. We're going to trust that God's going to give us the things He wants us to be a part of, and then we're going to share those things with you, and if you want to support them, support them. If you don't, then God will find another way to do it. But we're not going to stand up here and Him and I dictate what we can support and what we can't. If God shows it to us, we're going to announce it, and if you get behind it, we're going to do it. Now... We've already heard this. I came in this morning with this great old big nice message, and maybe someday you'll get to hear that, but it ain't got nothing to do with what I'm fixing to do. I sat in this Sunday school this morning, and I remembered that, um, that Chris and them, Chris Burchell, were going to share their video and the experience from Texas. And then I thought, well, I had talked to Chris Pope yesterday, and he told me what he just told you, and I thought it'd be a great time for him to share that. And then God started speaking to me, and I started going, Hang on, God, you know all those notes I took? <laughs> I had done give the scriptures to, to Nathan this morning, and there's no way we can get away from that. We have to stick with that, right, God? That's our plan, remember? And I got me a little, this is my notes this morning, since Sunday school. I got me a little yellow note out, a little sticky pad out, and I've been writing these things down as they, they come to my mind. This past week, I encountered a guy that I haven't seen in a little while, and, and uh, he's pretty familiar with my situation and my circumstances. He's a godly man, um, loves his church, and, and is a big part of his church. And um, me and I, he and I were talking Friday night out here at the Hamburger State Supper, and um, he was asking me about Montana. I had told him that story. Um, he's got a daughter that's in, in, been in some trouble and is in a rehab, and I was asking about her, and we were back and forth and just discussing things, and, and uh, he asked me a, very, a, a question that I get a lot. And I'd never really thought about my response until Friday night. He said, uh, well, aside from all that, how's your church? And I answer that question a lot. I really do. I have a lot of friends that are um, pastors or members of other churches that just know who I am, and they just oftentimes ask, how is your church? How's the church doing? How's things going in the church? And I have generic responses for that. I really do. Well, it's, it's going. We're rocking and rolling. You know, or I'll tell them about our numbers, or I'll, I'll tell them about the great series Kevin's been preaching. I'll tell them about how tickled I am to be working side by side with Kevin and have the opportunity for it to be two of us and how I always feel fresh when I get in it. And I tell them all these things and all those things are true. I don't make up things. 
But I'd never really thought about my response until Friday night. And I thought, how is our church? How, how, how is our church? And you know, I began to think about the way that Paul would write his letters and he would start talking about the things that the church did right. And then he would go into the correction part of things. And he'd go, here's where, man, I'm telling you, y'all are thriving. Y'all are good at this. But let me tell you about this. And I got to thinking about that and I thought, if I were going to write a letter to my church, if I were going to write a letter to Wales, how would I start that letter? How would I begin? How, what would be the things that I could say that I'm proud of where you stand in the, what is that area? I have a new answer for people that ask me, how is my church? Nathan, would you show that video, please? This is this funny, dude. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. <laughs> 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet. Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 
30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. burn. It's so hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. It's hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit! No! Keep going! Keep going! Keep going! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! Rock Kelly, you don't quit! Keep going! Keep going! Go, Rock Kelly! You don't quit on me! No! You keep going! You keep going! Go, Rock! Ten more steps! Ten more! Ten more! Ten more! Keep going! Don't quit! Give me your You can! You can! Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach. Can I count on you? Yes. Coach. What is it, Jeremy? I want a 160. You know, um, if God laid out before us at the beginning of the year, the beginning of the month, at the beginning of whatever, and he said, this group of people is going to be responsible for supporting a mission trip to Guatemala, responsible for gathering and supplying goods for a, a, a devastated population in Texas, going to be responsible for making sure that the money is there for Awanas, for all the things that we could stand up here and list that we would be able to supply in the midst of all of that, $205 for, was it five different schools? I think it's what we ended up doing for. You'd have looked at me and said, or you'd have looked at God and said, we can't do that. It's too far. It's too much. But when he puts the blindfold on us and he goes, if you'll just give me your best, if you'll just give me what you can give me, I know it's going to hurt, and I know sometimes it's going to burn, and I know sometimes it may even bring a little bit of suffering. You may have to sit in the middle of the darkness and figure out your 97 miles from where I want you to be. But if you'll just give me your best, if you'll just do all you can do, then I promise you you can achieve far and above what you think you're capable of achieving. That little church in Texas isn't capable of doing what they're doing down there to supply the needs of those people. You've seen the guy come up 
and, and start getting the water straight off the truck. They can't even get it unloaded and, and put somewhere before somebody's in need of it. That church can't do that. They can't supply all that need. But they're not dependent on them. They're dependent on God. And God's using people like you thousands of miles away to supply those needs. You know, if the church became the epicenter of the community like it was designed to be in the beginning, then every need that was ever met in a community would come through the church. And just as Jesus walked into a community, and the first thing He did in every scenario was meet a physical need, right? Then He would address spiritual needs. Think of what we could do if we really were the center of this community. If this community believed that if they had a need, they can go to that church and get that need met. Look at the opportunity we'd have to do more than just meet a physical need. And it is possible and we can do it. And I know it's a big list and I know there's a lot going on. Amanda just reminded me this week that um, the, the youth hunt's coming up, Fellowship of Christian Hunters youth hunt's coming up and we always put the target out in the foyer with all the little things and y'all supply the baskets and we silent auction those baskets the night of the hunt and that pays for the next hunt. We've been doing it that way for years. Y'all have supported that thing for years. Well, here we are with the Guatemala trip fundraiser going on, the Texas fundraiser uh, just being collected. Um, and I've got to come in here and ask you for something else? I am. <laughs> I am. Because I believe and I trust that when God is the one that's in control of it, there's nothing that can stop it. So if we have something that we believe in, and we, if, you know, I mean, it, all it took was for Tara and Chris to go in their small group. We should do something just that week. Just that, as a matter of fact, just that day, the first time I heard what they were doing was a Wednesday night here at a prayer service. That day, and I shared this, I know with Kevin, I may have shared it with everybody that Wednesday night. I had seen a thing on uh, one of the social medias it come across, and it was a picture of an empty U-Haul truck with the door open. The picture was from the back, and the caption was, Your prayers have made it to Texas. Thank you so much. And it was a poke at Christians is what it really was. It was. And at first it made me mad. And I thought, but you know what? He's right. <laughs> He's right. If all we can send to those hurting people is our prayers, we failed them. And just that night, I come in here on that Wednesday night, and Chris and Tara was, was talking about, they had this flyer, and, and Tara handed me one and said, could you read this and... and uh, could you read it again Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I sure will. Because I seen a picture today that said exactly what it would be like if we didn't do this. Because those people have a physical need. But it took somebody to stand up and say, I think we should do this. You know, if they filled up one of these vans, it would have been great. If they took up enough that they had to take two vans, it would have been awesome. They filled a 28-foot U-Haul, and they didn't do it. <laughs> God did. But He done it through people like you. He done it through this community. He done it through this church. Then it gets time to go and you find out they don't need it. They don't want it. No, we was just on a little bit off course of what God had in store for us. That's all that was. He just needed to make a little correction. But He had to make it that day because if He'd have made it any sooner, we'd have said, Hey, don't worry. We don't have to do that anymore. They're good. They weren't good. That's, they didn't say no because they had enough. We don't know what happened. But the need was still there and we still had to go. It still had to be done. 
Guatemala needs some water filters. We didn't, Chris didn't mark that off the list because it's not a need. He marked it off the list because he looked at it and it's overwhelming. Our list is so long. Do you realize we've never had to strive for anything in Guatemala? That when, when they arrive, God has got it laid out? And everything's sitting in place for them to go in and be just enough a part of the physical need that they have the opportunity to reach out in a spiritual way that you can't even imagine. That's the truth, and it's happened year after year and trip after trip. You know why? Because God's in it. So many times we stand off to the side and we go, God, come get involved in this. God, look at what I found. Look at what I can do. Come get involved in this. And the whole time God's over here going, I've got this set up and ready. If you just come get in the middle of this. But we spend all our time trying to persuade God to get to where we are. If we just get to where He is. Where He wants us to be. If we could just get moved. Listen, now when people ask me, how's your church? I'm going to say, you remember that scene from that movie Facing the Giants? Where that coach puts a kid on another kid's back and asks him to crawl across the ground. And he puts a blindfold. That's my church. If I can just keep them blindfolded and I can keep their focus off of self, if I can keep them focused on what God desires for them, it's going to hurt. There's going to be pains. There's going to be struggles. But you know what? I don't believe there's no stopping them. I don't believe they can be defeated. I don't believe there's anything too big for them. I really don't. I really don't. You know, next week we're going to celebrate the founding of our church. When, when Wales Baptist Church was established. This week, we're going to celebrate where we are today. And this is where we are today. I think you're more than capable. If you would, grab your Bible. I'm not going to preach. I've got, I've got a whole big old thing. And I gave Nathan more scriptures this morning than I believe I've ever given him at one time. We ain't going to use none of them. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And verse 6, and I just want to take this time this morning to do as Paul would do and say, this is where you excel. Thank you so much. And if you'll keep your focus on God, if you'll keep your focus on Christ, if you'll not worry about the overall goal, if you'll just worry about the next step, there's nothing you can't accomplish. Amen. If you're willing to give of your time and you're willing to give of your money, there ain't nothing we can't do as a church. We can really honestly be and have been on multiple occasions the hands and feet of Christ. You know, as much as we want to do things and as much as we want to say, you know, we ought to just do it, it really takes money to go to Guatemala. It really does. It, it's, it really does take money to accomplish those things. But not only does God own the cattle on a thousand hills... <laughs> He owns the money they'd bring if you sold them. <laughs> Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Amen. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound 
toward you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. You may be seated. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. I would like to say to you this morning, Wales Baptist Church, you do not reap sparingly. You've heard from just two people this morning, two different Chris's that were able to get up here and share with you an experience they've had. Just, I mean, they just, I know they don't remember it because they didn't have any sleep. They just got back last Sunday. It's just been a week. They just got back last Sunday. This just happened Friday night. So within a seven-day time period, these are two experiences that I promise you neither one of them would look at you and go, it was sparingly. We barely got by. No, it's in abundance. It's, and you know why we reaped in abundance? Because we sowed in abundance. Amen. That's why. That's the only way that it happens. You reach out into the community. You reach out. You start here at the church and you reach out. Man, they, they started off with two or three pickup places. And when people figured out what was going on, they collected stuff from 15 or 20 places all over town. You know why? Because somebody's just looking for somebody to step up and do it. And then they'll get behind them. The th sad thing about the society we live in today is everybody enjoys being sheep. <laughs> they just want to follow. If you'll put it together, I'll be there. If you'll make the effort and if you'll make the sacrifice, I'll do what I can to help you as long as I don't have to sacrifice. That's okay. We'll sacrifice. If you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of your time, if you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of sleep to make the trip, we can fill it up. And they did. Somebody's got to be willing to step up. And listen, it was sown abundantly. And it was reaped abundantly. But somebody's got to be willing to sow. <laughs> somebody's got to be willing to make that sacrifice. He goes on to say, and I'm not going to keep you very long. I'm not going to bore you with all this. I just, I just, it was overwhelming to me this morning that I had to do this. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. You, there's not a chart in the Bible where you can go to and find out how much is enough. It's not there. It don't exist. In other words, you can't go and look up your income and go, okay, God will be happy if I give this much. Now, we know the 10% tithe is there, but that's the only number that's mentioned. But what is there is a challenge from God in the book of Malachi where he says, you give till it hurts, and I'll give back so much you ain't got no place to put it. And he says, try me in this. It's the only thing in the whole Bible where God looks at people and goes, try me. Do what I said to do and see what I do. Try me. If you'll do it, it, it'll be returned to you in such a way that you ain't got a place to put it all. Look at this. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart. There's no chart. So God gives you freedom in this thing. And he goes, Wells Baptist Church, you can give whatever you think is right. You can do whatever, you can do as much as you think you should do. And he gives you that freedom. And you know the best part of that to me is you continually exceed what anybody could possibly expect. I'm so thankful for y'all this morning and your desire to give and support things, your desire to be reaping bountifully 
and understanding that the only way you reap bountifully is if you give bountifully. You've got to pour into it. And that includes time and money. Not grudgingly or of necessity. Not doing it because you think you have to. For God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. I want to go to bed tonight knowing that God is happy with me today. That's the most peaceful sleep I can get. I have a friend of mine that will probably see me tell this on the www. That got in a little trouble yesterday. He called me yesterday morning. Oh, he texted me and said, can you please call me as soon as you can? And I thought, he ought to be in the deer stand. So I called him. After I got through writing my message, I called him. And he said, brother, I, I need some help. I'm in trouble. I said, all right, what have you done now? He said, I was sitting in my deer stand this morning and... Uh, before daylight, I heard somebody walk in the edge of the woods. And he said, I thought, who is, ain't nobody got permission to be here. And he said, so I just hollered out, hey, who are you? And he said, they responded, where are you at? He said, I'm in my deer stand. What are you doing? And he said, I'm the game warden. I need to talk to you. And he went, really? <laughs> Sorry about yelling at you there, mister. So he gets down and, and uh, he's got a, a corn block that he had put out, had been put out since the first part of August that um, he had forgotten he had put there. And he got $755 worth of tickets yesterday for hunting over a baited area. And he said, you know, the, the biggest point, of course, he had, a, he had an argument of this is, not what I was intending. It's obvious. I mean, I'm sitting in a deer stand. I'm almost 200 yards from where it was at. I'm nowhere near it. I was running late. I didn't even want to hunt this stand. I was going up on the hill, but I was late. You know, he's got all these stories. And I said, hang on. The reason you called me was for truth, right? He said, yeah, really it is. He said, I need somebody to be honest with me right now. I said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. If we go and look up the law, you broke it. So if you go to court... And you stand before the judge, he's going to look at the law and say that the law reads that you can't hunt within 250 yards of a baited area. And if we measure from the baited area to your deer stand, you're inside of 250 yards, right? He said, yeah. I said, so if you go to court right now, all you can do is raise your hand and go, I'm guilty. Right? Yeah, yeah. All I can do is say, I'm guilty. I said, you know, I could lie to you and tell you that your anger is justified and that you should be mad and you should go run down that, that game warden and you should put your finger in his face and tell him how sorry he is. But you know what that would do? Up your fines. <laughs> Compound the matter. Make things worse. But what I really need to do and what I know I have to do is tell you the truth. Listen, brother, you're guilty. You're guilty. When they look at the law and they look at your situation, you're guilty. If everything was as cut and dry 
then we would know exactly where we needed to be, right? But when we have things like this that says, God gives you the opportunity to give as you purpose in your heart, and then it goes on to say that he loves a cheerful giver, then that leaves a lot of room for you and I to decide, where's God happy with us? It's not cut and dry like the law that he broke. We have to decide. His biggest concern, what blessed me more than anything, his biggest concern was that he was going to have to go to bed last night and God not be happy with him because he had gotten in trouble. And I said, listen, the Bible also says that God can take anything and work it to the good of those that love him and are called by his name. It's not the end of the world that you messed up. It's not the end of the world that you got caught. It's the end of the world when you don't have a repentant heart about it. That's when you go to bed and God's not happy. See, it's not about numbers. It's not about how much you give. And it's not about how a set amount of time or a set amount of money. It's about you doing what you know is right according to God speaking to you about the matter. Now, there's no way we can meet every physical need that we encounter in this world we can't but God can and he makes us aware of the ones that he wants us to be concerned with and that's what he's done and at this point y'all have done a fantastic job meeting those needs one more thing and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. You can have a 28-foot U-Haul full if you're just willing to step up and say, I'm willing to do it. You, you can have $27,000, 22 cents short, if you want to call it that. If you're just willing to raise your hand and go, I'll take it down there, I'll go do the work. He is able that you may be um, able to make grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things, that you may have an abundance for every good work. If you set out to do it with the right mindset and the right heart, God's more than able to make it happen. Whether he makes it happen through 150, 200 people, or he makes it happen through... Whatever means, it's all, he's capable of any of it. Amen. Thank you for um, all that you do. Um, we'll be putting up a, some means of you choosing what you want to donate to the Fellowship of Christian Hunters for our youth hunt this year. <laughs> right here in the months of all of this. Um, if you get the opportunity today... Um, thank these folks that are the hands and feet. Um, thank you from the bottom of my heart, uh, the people for the, um, for the trip to Texas. You know, it, it took a whole lot of folks um, from the ones willing to go to the ones willing to pack it up and organize it to the ones 
um, willing to make their place a spot of drop-off, whatever it is. If you gave of your time, your money, whatever, thank you for making that possible. Same thing for the, the Guatemala team. Thank you for, um, you know, at, at one time out here Friday night, they had four cooks on one grill. They was all literally all the way around that grill cooking. They, they literally was. There's four doors on that thing, and there was a man at each door, and they was cooking. Thank you. You know, thank you for that. Uh, Big Daddy was one of them with a boot on his foot. Now, he paid for that real severely uh, Friday night and most of the day yesterday. But he had to, somebody had to sacrifice. <clears throat> you know, it goes all the way down to people like um, uh, the uh, butcher shop, Brian and them, and, and uh, you know, that's where the meat came from. You know, I mean, it, it takes a lot of folks just doing a little bit. But if you'll just put that blindfold on, and I know it's going to hurt, and I know it's going to burn, but if you'll just take that encouragement in your ear and just keep digging, just do what you can do and give me all you got. When you give all you've got, you'll sit down in that end zone and turn around and go, wow, I thought I could go 20 yards. Coach thought I could go 50. Here I am in the end zone. Who knows what we can accomplish as a church? I don't think nothing's too big for y'all. I really don't. Thank you for all you do.